Good morning. And welcome to worship today. Special welcome to uh, those joining us online or uh, by phone this morning as well. And welcome to uh, Reconciling in Christ Sunday. Uh, this is uh, a day where we uh, reaffirm, recommit ourselves to uh, the work of being a Reconciling in Christ congregation, which means we are uh, a community that uh, seeks to celebrate and affirm our LGBTQIA plus uh, siblings. And so we are uh, happy to be uh, celebrating that today. In honor of that, we're, we have a few um, special things going on today. Uh, one of them is that we have uh, Lindsay Hall Neds uh, from, uh, hi, hi Lindsay, good morning, <laughs> and uh, 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 from Proud Theater. Uh, Within the last year, Proud Theater started rehearsing here at Trinity, and last uh, two nights ago was uh, the showcase for their season. So uh, uh, we're very happy to have them here and for that partnership. And uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, but uh, Lindsay is Eldon and uh, Audrey Hole's um, uh, granddaughter, so we, we have our special um, uh, family connection to Lindsay as well. Just a couple other announcements that are in your uh, bulletin. Um, we, I think we have most of our geranium sold for pen, uh, Pentecost, but if not, there is a sign-up sheet in the back if you're interested in that. And then coming up on May 24th, uh, we have our Red Cross blood drive. And uh, the other uh, special thing we have going on for Reconciling Christ Sunday is we have our, our own uh, Kristen Rice, a trainee member, and Pastor Kristen Rice, um, sharing and preaching today. So uh, thank you, Kristen, for, for preaching. Are there any other announcements that we should make today? If not, we will begin our service with our prelude music.
please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. In the name of the Holy Parent, and of the Child, and of the Holy Spirit, ever present in our lives. Amen. Your people, Lord, long to feel seen, named, and cared for. The church has excluded and pushed away people, calling them other and different, and waits for those harmed, harmed to lead the work of reconciliation. Today we worship with open hearts and minds, readying ourselves for the holy ministry of justice and equity work. As your people, we know God is with us and that your Holy Spirit makes reconciliation possible. As we learn how to make the church a safer space, we trust in the Spirit's guidance. As we seek to be an advocate for our LGBTQIA plus siblings and all who are told they are other, we trust in the Spirit's guidance. As we seek to learn more about the intersectionality of ministry, we trust in the Spirit's guidance. It is with the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus that we confess and ask forgiveness. We proclaim with joy and love that people of all sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions matter. That black, indigenous, and people of color matter that neurodiversity and differing abilities of bodies are sacred, and that we as a church stand firmly against racism, homophobia, transphobia, and any other sin that makes people feel less than because of who God lovingly made them to be. We commit our words and actions to advocacy for all of the people in your kingdom. Holy Creator, we celebrate your boundless diversity and seek the ways we are made in your image. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the community of, communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Mighty God, soften our hearts this day as we seek to hear your words and commands. In a world where we are daily confronted with the ways in which we are different and told to make ourselves smaller for the convenience of others, teach us as your people how to celebrate your boundless diversity reflected in every person who is made in your image. To have safe spaces is to experience your saving grace. Guide us to be people of faith who are committed to learning and relearning what it means to welcome, include, celebrate, and advocate for all you, are, you call beloved. 
Amen. Please be seated and invite Lindsay to come forward to share. Uh, and you can use the microphone up here. Thank you so much for being here today, Lindsay. Uh, and I did want to say as well that there is a table in the back, and maybe Lindsay will say more about this, of uh, crafts and, and uh, other materials about Proud. Yeah, so yeah. check that out after the service. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm, I'm never nervous in front of people, but um, for those of you who knew my grandparents, the last time I was up here was for a not-so-joyous occasion. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that, feeling some feelings. So anyways, um, hi, I'm Lindsay Holneds. Um, I am the current artistic director. Um, I can take my mask down so you can see my face. Um, I'm the current artistic director for Proud Theater Madison. Um, I have had a long connection to Trinity because of my grandparents. Um, they were members here for, I don't know, 70 years, something like that. Um, and I remember as a little girl um, coming to Trinity and helping my grandma with the altar cloths and with the display case and the historical museum and the set into my breakfast. Um, so while Trinity is not my church home, um, Messiah over um, by Kennedy School is, uh, I have beautiful memories of Trinity. Um, and my grandparents and my family has a really long love for this place. Um, and they taught us a lot about faith and love that definitely stemmed from here. Um, and if you knew my grandparents at all, you knew that love was their whole life um, and sharing love with others. And I think that that's a lesson that really resonated with me and part in my heart of why I first got involved with Proud Theater. Um, and why, when Proud Theater, we were looking for a new home about a year ago, um, I thought Trinity would be a wonderful choice. And um, Pastor Andy was so welcoming and was like, yes, please, you can come here. And um, it's been a really wonderful home for us, and I hope it continues to be a wonderful home for Proud for years to come. Um, so let I'm here to tell you a little bit about Proud so that you know what's going on um, here in the church. So Proud Theater, um, our mission is to, I'm going to read it verbatim so you know what our mission statement is, um, is to change the world through theater and the theater arts and to make a positive difference in lives of queer and allied youth through the tenets of art, heart, and activism. So that's our mission statement. And we provide love and support and an opportunity for creativity for young G LGBTQIA plus youth here in the Madison community. Um, Proud Theater was started about 23, 24 years ago, 1999, um, by a young, um, 13 at the time, I think, um, activist here in the community, plus um, Callan Hardy, who is a very prominent activist here in our community. And so there was a collaboration between youth and adults um, to make this come to be. And um, over the past 20 plus years, we've expanded into other areas of the state. So while we are kind of the premier inaugural chapter here in Madison. At our height, we had five different chapters around the state. Currently, we have three. Um, ours here in Madison, uh, 
Wausau and Green Bay, which Green Bay actually is doing their performance, I think, next weekend. Um, and it's their first one ever, so it's really exciting for us as an overall organization. Um, and so Proud Theater not only provides a loving and brave and safe space for our youth, um, but it also gives them an opportunity. So they get that support, but it also gives them an opportunity to tell their stories. So the Proud Theater process um, involves that the youth come here every week um, for a rehearsal, and we have fellowship and warm-ups where they get to kind of hang out and talk to each other and do some theater games. Um, and then we break into smaller groups where they either talk about their week and kind of what is on their mind, whether it's stuff going on in their own lives or especially recently, things going on in the news. And then we do improvisational theater based on that. And at the end of the night, they share it with the rest of the group. Um, and then eventually, once we get to the latter half of the season, we take recordings of all of the stuff that they've come up with during the year and pick and choose some that we'd like to polish and make into more finished pieces. And in a normal season, pre-COVID, um, that would mean that we take somewhere between 15 and 20 of those pieces, transcribe them, polish them, and rehearse them and perform them in a fully staged, like two hour long performance. Um, the past few years before COVID, we had done it at Edgewood College's theater space. This year, because we're coming off the pandemic and we were virtual sort of and not really and new kids and all of this, um, definitely a transition year. We had a showcase here at Trinity on Friday night um, and just for invited guests and families and we had a dinner that was donated by local businesses and we had a lovely craft sale which the leftovers are out there so you're welcome to make a donation and takes home some lovingly crafted crafts from teenagers um, and then we did a showcase of just a very small selection of our pieces from the year and it was really just a big celebration of what they had done this year um, in addition to that Proud also does a lot of community outreach, again, rebuilding year, um, where we do workshops for different schools, different conferences. Um, we've done them for state teacher conferences, for the G-SAFE conference, for different schools, um, businesses. So we do workshops where we bring what we do to others to help them kind of understand um, and find that acceptance. Um, and then we also do festivals and events like the Magic Festival and things like that. Um, and we try to work with educators and other community members to help spread love and acceptance. Um, Trinity has really been a wonderful welcoming home for us um, and it was really lovely to get to have our showcase and as Andy and I have talked about to get to have the stage here at Trinity used twice in two weeks actually um, because another program I do had our showcase um, a few weeks ago here at Trinity as well um, and also I think the Reconciling in Christ Sunday also is something that is really positive as far as our connection, as far as Proud Theater. Um, for a lot of queer youth and a lot of queer folks of all ages, um, there's some trauma related to faith 
communities and being able to be in a church and have a positive association with church can be really, really powerful for these kids. And I'm really glad that Trinity, a church that means so much to me, is able to provide that um, for our youth. If you have any questions about Proud Theater, please come and see me after this service. Um, I also have crafts and buttons and flags um, that you can purchase with a donation to Proud Theater. Um, we're completely funded by donations, so give what you can if you have any cash. Um, and otherwise, thank you so much, Trinity members. And I want to um, give a special thanks um, to the Trinity staff. I see you up there. Um, <laughs> um, for being so welcoming and also for any volunteers who are here at the service today who provided us cookies on Friday. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, so thank you. The first reading comes from Acts, the 11th chapter. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, praying and in a trance, I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked, close, as I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and to and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house, saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had been had upon us in the beginning. As I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, 
and they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Word of God, word of life.
The second reading comes from Revelation, the 21st chapter. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. When he, being Judas, had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you all, dear siblings in Christ, believers, doubters, and curious ones alike. I'm a little nervous as well, (laughs) which is weird. My name is Kristen, and my pronouns are she, her, and sometimes they. I am an ordained pastor in the LCA. 
I serve as the community chaplain at Attic Angel Place over on the west side in Middleton. I've been a member here at Trinity for just over two years. I joined in January of 2020. What a magical time that was. <laughs> and I've also filled in for Pastor Andy off and on, especially when Mary came into the world uh, a little earlier than planned and other times. So many of you may know me. I'm still learning who you all are. <laughs> Um, so name tags are going to be helpful someday, maybe with pronouns too. I had that thought this morning. I'm going to plug that right now. So a few of the things I want to try to do today is give a little context around a couple of our scripture readings, why the distinction of reconciling in Christ matters to me, both as an individual and as a clergy person, and then my hope for what is next. For us as Trinity Lutheran in our reconciling in Christ identity and also what's next for how we serve in the world. So there we go. So context is kind of everything. We're going to set the stage at least for the gospel reading because while we as the pyramids tell us and our lectionary tells us we are in the fifth Sunday of the season of Easter, we are still basking in the glow of resurrection. In John's reading, we're back on Maundy Thursday. We're back at the Last Supper. We are in John's narrative where the Last Supper is not really focused as much on the meal, but on the washing of feet. Where Jesus washes the feet, including of Peter, who seems to protest a little too much, and the feet of Judas, who, right before we start and jump in, has just been sent out by Jesus with the mandate to be quick about what you are going to do. And Judas is going to betray Jesus, and the whole reason why we are here is set in motion. We're kind of at the end game yet again. The shadow is cast, the crucifixion is nigh, it is all coming down to this, and still even knowing this, that it's all boiling down, Jesus does... Jesus thing. He doesn't prepare them for doom and gloom. He doesn't establish a hierarchy or command the disciples prepare for the end of all things or command them out to war to fight. Instead, Jesus gathers them in again. All of them who are still in the room because unfortunately Judas missed out and if you ever want to talk about that, I would love to. I did my senior paper on Judas back in college. Jesus gathers them in and doesn't call them soldiers. He calls them children. Children, here is the thing you need to remember the most. You are to love one another. You are to love one another the way I have loved you. And I have loved you truly and wholly and fully. And Jesus has already shown them what this looks like time and time again. It is service to one another, even providing the most menial of tasks like washing one's feet or feeding a person who is hungry. And as we are about to see as we follow the narrative through Good Friday into Easter Sunday, Love is also expressed by taking on heroic acts of great risk, 
perhaps even to the point of giving one's life for one another, for the sake of restoring and reconciling us into community. But the thing we need to remember the most, love one another way I have loved you. Truly, wholly, and fully love one another. And then in our first reading from Acts, Peter, the one who protests that Jesus washes his feet, Peter, who also denied knowing Jesus during the trial and crucifixion, Peter is also the rock and foundation of which we all get to be here. And he shares this vision that shattered his worldview. Peter, like Jesus, grew up in a faith and tradition and laws that were strict and meant to remind people that God has marked them as separate and different and distinct. Adherence to these laws matter. And I'm not going to do it justice because there's just not the time for that. But we also have some laws and regulations in our faith tradition that in a way serve to remind us that we are marked as God's own and distinct a little bit. Maybe we live it out a bit differently. The big hint is like it's water and we surround ourselves back there with it and go out. So when people around Peter saw that he who had been a strict adherent of these former practices was breaking the laws, they didn't really understand. Peter, however, knew the word of God differently now because Peter had eaten with the word of God. Peter had been rebuked by the word of God. Peter had been welcomed by the word of God and been forgiven by the word of God. That is, the word of God made flesh in Jesus. And in this vision of Peter's, he was able to express that the word of God has indeed been a gift for all people, not just a chosen few and not just for the purpose of exclusion. And he says, if God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? And when they heard it, they were silenced. And then they praised God, saying, God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Truly, holy, and fully love one another. I guess that seems an awful lot like what we are trying to do in proclaiming that we are a reconciling in Christ's congregation, right? Unfortunately, it can't always be assumed that we are indeed welcomed and loved and honored, even in a church. And so when I moved to Madison, I was not interested at that point in serving in a congregation. I needed a break, and maybe I'll share why. We'll see. This next part is more extemporaneous. I knew I needed to find an RIC church for my own heart to feel healed, to feel like I belonged. And did you know, I learned this at Synod Assembly last weekend, in our synod, South Central Synod of Wisconsin, which is a Reconciling in Christ synod, there are actually only 19 Reconciling in Christ communities in our synod. And they're mostly in Madison, not all, but mostly. There are 136 congregations in the synod, and 19 are RIC, including here. 
And not all synods in the LCA have taken on the commitment to be RIC, nor are all the seminaries. But holding this commitment matters, and I'm going to share a little bit as to why it matters to me, and I can already feeling the emotions coming. The feelings are there. I hear you, Lindsay. <laughs> it matters to me because until about five years ago, I always felt an affinity for the LGBTQIA community. I didn't know that I belonged in it. But I'm the A, and that whole alphabet of awesomeness. The A stands for asexual and aromantic, and it's a whole spectrum of living and experience. And I learned that at the time that I was serving in a congregation that was not as welcoming to the community. In some ways, they were, but not when it came to their leadership. After I arrived there, I learned that they would probably never call a pastor who was LGBTQ or I or A if we put the whole thing in there. And lo and behold, they had. Not only did I not know that, but I was also a strong advocate. And if I had known that, I may not have gone there in the first place out of principle. It matters to me that we are an RIC congregation because I also grew up in a church that was full of wonderful, loving human beings. And after 2009, when the ELCA opened up ordination and life for full inclusion of their clergy to be in partnership because marriage wasn't legal at that point for same-gender folks, when the ELCA opened that up, the church that I had grown up in, been baptized, communed, confirmed, said, we wholeheartedly disagree with that, that we are leaving the ELCA. And I was there when that first vote happened, and I've never experienced such hurt and hate in a place where we had just worshipped. And I was in seminary at the time. So it matters to me that places like this exist. Because when we say love one another, I really hope we mean it truly, wholly, and fully. When I did finish seminary, I had to join a different ELCA church because that's what you do when you're a candidate for ministry. And I had to do that from 3,000 miles away because I was in Washington State on internship. <laughs> I joined a tiny little church in northern Wisconsin only because I knew a couple of the folks. They worked with my mom, and they were lovely. I never really got to know them but they celebrated my ordination with me. And the people at the church I'd grown up in couldn't understand why I couldn't be ordained there. The hurt, it's been 12 years, and it still feels silly that it hurts so much. But that's why it matters, because it tells me that at some point in Trinity's experience, you all recognize the importance of not just saying all are welcome, but putting it into practice. Becoming a reconciling in Christ congregation has meant that when I walk into the space and I walk behind there, I see my flag. The ace flag is one I didn't realize we I didn't know we had flags. We do. It's purple and gray and black and white. Every piece of the identity has their own like kind of separate identity, even while we all hold on to that lovely flag. The first time I walked in Trinity and I saw that flag, I was like, holy Moses, they mean it. I really do belong here. This is cool. It's not just words. 
And that's partly why Pastor Andy invited me to preach today, too. Because as much as we love Pastor Andy, he is aware of his, uh, let's see, shortcomings as a cisgender, heteronormative, white male. Right? Um, And while I may be cisgender and white, uh, I'm definitely not heteronormative anymore. So there we go. So thank you for that. And this is a thing that I experience often. We don't always see the places where we may not be the best ones to speak for things. And I'm only speaking for my experience as clergy, as a person who is still coming into knowing pieces of my identity, but knowing that, yeah, there we go. I will probably talk more about the ACE thing. Um, I'll be preaching in June, which is Pride Month. Yay! Um, So I'll share more about that there. So anyway, so what's next for us as we continue this commitment to being reconciling active in Christ? Well, it matters because I hate to break it to you, we haven't solved homophobia or transphobia yet. We haven't broken free completely of the binary. We haven't fixed racism. Sexism is alive and well in the world. Progress made for the full autonomy and independence of people with uteruses is under threat again, mostly impacting low-income black and indigenous people of color and many in the LGBTQIA community. Safety still feels precarious. Our commitment is not completed. What's next will reflect how we move beyond words and statements so it is so obvious that no one can assume otherwise that when they come into this community and walk through these places and meet each of us, that we commit to trying and doing hard things together, that we continue to strive to do and be better, to learn and adapt, where we are still maybe part of ways that are harming the human experience, that we can be more explicit in our commitment to anti-racism and hold ourselves accountable to listen when we cause hurt by inaction or misinformation. But ultimately, though, as Jesus tells us and reminds us, the commitment to being reconciling in Christ boils down to love, that we love one another as Jesus has loved us, even while we are all still in process of becoming who we are. And so it isn't abundantly clear, you, dear children of God, are always worthy of the love of God. The love we have seen and received through Jesus' ministry and words, both of small menial tasks and risk-taking heroic resurrection. You are always worthy of the love of God because of who you are. Lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual, intersex, queer, aces and arrows, non-binary, gender-fluid, black, indigenous, people of color, neurodivergent, people with disabilities of any and every kind, you are wholly, fully, and truly loved. And we will fight for the fullest extent of our dignity, autonomy, and respect and community support. We are reconciling still as we listen and learn for the ways we can be community better together for all people truly, wholly, and fully, just as Jesus has loved us first. Amen.
our hearts and voices in prayer. God, today we pray for anyone suffering from depression, anxiety, eating disorders, PTSD, schizophrenia, and any other mental illness. We ask you to guide them and us to assist them in getting the help they need. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. God, we think of women and female-identifying people as we continue to fight for gender equity. Assist us in this fight so that one day we may all seem, be seen as equals in the eyes of the law. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Jesus, we ask that you help us to become better allies. Guide those who are learning more about their sexual orientation, gender identity, or expression those who have been victims of hate, those who have been not been accepted, and those who are not able to be open about who they are. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Creator in heaven, teach us how to be better advocates for our black, brown, indigenous, people of color, BIPOC siblings, and help them to be treated equally as they should have been from the start. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. God, we pray for those who have been wrongfully convicted of a crime, those who have not gotten the justice that they deserve, and all those whose voices are being ignored by the criminal justice system. We pray that the true wrongdoers are held accountable. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. God, since March of 2020, we have battled the devastating COVID-19 pandemic. Bless everyone who has been neg negatively affected by this virus. We pray that it will be over soon. God, in your mercy, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Teacher in heaven, we pray for those who are struggling to learn due to learning disabilities, lack of resources, and difficult learning environments. We ask that you help us to ensure everyone has access to a good education. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. God, we pray for the sick, and especially for the sick who cannot get help. We hope that one day everyone will have access to adequate health care. Our community prays especially for Jackie, Mary, Randy, Leticia, Denia, Rick, and Lynn. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Spirit, we ask of anyone who is suffering with the loss of a loved one, and we ask you to guide them through the process of grieving. We pray that they will find your comfort and peace. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we lift up uh, all the hurting places of our world, uh, places like Ukraine uh, and the victims in Buffalo. Call us to be your servants of healing and justice in such places. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trusting in the one who made us, dwells in us, and calls us, we lift up these prayers and all others in our hearts unnamed or allowed. Amen. One of the uh, ways that um, we can express our welcome to others, and this was uh, something that Reconciling Works stressed this year, 
um, is to be a community that practices consent, especially when we engage in uh, touch with one another. And so in your bulletin, it, it just encourages us as we share the peace. Um, sometimes we make assumptions about how others will experience um, uh, touch or greetings. And so just, uh, you know, uh, uh, practice as we go around today. Um, uh, would you like a hug? Would you like a handshake? Would you like a verbal uh, greeting? So that might feel a little bit out of the norm, but I encourage you to lean into that because um, this is one of the ways that we can live out this um, kind of welcome. And with that introduction, uh, the peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace, would you, uh, <laughs> do you prefer a handshake or a... Uh,
stand as you are able. Let us pray. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable reign, and you welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wounded and risen body that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, God of justice and accompaniment, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You made us all in your image. In the spirit of abounding love and creativity, you formed us. You sent us your advocate so that we can know how to advocate for our beloveds as you strengthen us to love and uphold one another. And so, with the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. At this table... Make us your body. Form us to be a people of justice and peace. Fill us with gratitude and generosity that we may bear the fruit of love in word and deed. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Nourish our bodies so that we may be fed. Teach us to see you, Christ, in those around us. As we prepare this table for you, we prepare our hearts for your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion.
Communion today, you'll go to the side aisles and come forward, where at the front there are these two side tables. At the side table, you will pick up a cup and bring it with you to the railing, where it will be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them, bring them to the railing, um, where you'll receive communion. And then return down the center aisle, where you can place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. To all who are gathered here today, uh, we want you to know that you are very welcome to commune with us. This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And the invitation comes from Christ. The risen Christ dwells with us here. All who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, generous God, for in this bread and cup we have tasted the new heaven and earth where hunger and thirst are no more. Send us from this table as witnesses to the resurrection that through our lives all may know, all may know life in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, let's thank Lindsay one more time and to Kristen as well for preaching. So thank you to you both. Yeah. <laughs> I had a teacher who would say that, uh, Andy, sometimes Jesus just sends you people. And that's how I've always felt about Kristen. Uh, thank you so much, Kristen, for, uh, for being willing to share the word with us today and your story. And we're so thankful for the partnership with Proud. Uh, I can't help but see God at work in the generations uh, that led 
uh, to this partnership um, through Eldon and Audrey, um, and the commitment Trinity has made, the way those seeds were planted that have now uh, bloomed into a partnership with Proud Theater. So thank you so much, Lindsay, for being here. Siblings in Christ, let us go out into the world in peace. Take up the pledge to support our LGBTQIA siblings and all those in need of inclusion and advocacy. And leave this space with a fervent passion for welcome. Gathered into one by the Spirit, we go in peace to serve the Creator. Seek God's boundless diversity in all you see, and know you are made in God's image. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace. Tell what God has done in your life.